You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Is it too early to start mock drafting for fantasy football? Totally asking for a friend. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show. Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here's a... Just a a quick reaction to our our Travis Kelsey conversation. Um, Larry and Hampton tweeted in, or I should say texted in. Text line is open, by the way, 757-687-9494. Gronk is the GOAT. He can run run block, pass block, can catch, never needed to come off the field. This is kind of what I'm talking about when it comes to um, disrespecting Kelsey in in a lot of ways. If you go back and look at their postseasons, they both play roughly 90% of snaps. There are a few games there where Gronk hit 100, and and that's very, very impressive. Uh, But there are a few games along the way, or a game or two, I should say, where Kelsey hit 100. They're both 80-plus just about every game, 90% probably on average. Kelsey's not coming off the field because the Chiefs aren't dummies, right? If he gets hit hard and he needs a breather, tap his helmet, come out. But trust me, if Gronk ran a 40-yard seam and caught a pass, he wasn't like, sweet, let me go be a lead blocker on this next one. There is there there is a very strange groundswell argument about uh about Kelsey being a receiver that I've that I don't get, other than the fact that he can run a lot of routes that receivers run. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Let's move ahead. Life comes at you fast in the NFL. Nick Sirianni, welcome to that experience. Nick Sirianni's life has gone from charmed, or his professional life, I don't want to act like it, off the field, but his his football coaching life has gone from charmed to riddled with obstacles in three days. Three days. On Sunday... We're now Wednesday, but this really all happened on uh, yesterday. On Sunday, Sirianni was crying on television with a hundred million people watching because he was so happy and proud of himself. That's about as mountaintop as you can get. Now he's trying not not to let the wheels fall off the Eagles bandwagon before it can even really get started. Losing both coordinators and a bunch of players are free agents. For more details, here's Kimberly Martin on this just in. That's my concern for the Eagles, because I think you love Jalen Hurts. You feel confident in him, but what is this offense and what is this defense going to look like? Obviously, Denard Wilson, he looks to be the heir apparent in Philly. He could be that guy. Offensively, Jalen's the guy, but I don't know. It's to, it, there's a lot of roster concerns as well. Their core four guys coming off of injury, age, all that. I wonder if the Eagles' offense will look exactly the same as well. A few days before the Super Bowl, Dan Orlovsky said, if the Eagles win and they don't become a dynasty, it'll be a disappointment. They lost. Their offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, is now the head coach of the Colts. Their defensive coordinator, John Gannon, is now the head coach of the Cardinals. And let's list a couple of their free agents that may or may not be returning, depending on how much money they get paid and if they want to leave just outright. 
Jason Kelsey. Uh, he's been in, in the news a bit. Pretty good player. Fletcher Cox, he's been in the news a bit. Pretty good player. Robert Quinn, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave. It seems like that entire defensive line that was so vaunted, aside from like Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick, are all free agents. Uh, James Bradbury, who will hold you when it matters most. Miles Sanders, who had a career year over 1,000 yards. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who was a trade target they acquired that made absolutely no sense that the Saints gave him up in the preseason, and he was a huge part of the Eagles' success. And that's just a few of them. I could have kept going to guys that were contributors, but but I feel like you got the picture. Zach Paschal, ODU guy, free agent. Nick Sirianni went from like, we're a family, we do everything for each other, to wait, where'd he go? Where'd he go? All of you are considered leaving? And we got to pay Jalen Hurts? He's not leaving, but I mean, he's asking for things. The Eagles, I mean, I have every expectation that they're going to continue to be very good. Because A, they appear to have the quarterback situation figured out, which is at least half the battle. B, their offensive line is still pretty pretty stacked with some uh, some impressive players that came out of nowhere. The Jordan Mailatas of the bunch. Lane Johnson's not a free agent, uh, although Isaac Samalu is a free agent along with Jason Kelsey. So their interior offensive line could look completely different. But if you have the two really good tackles, I I, I like your chances. If you have the two tackles in the quarterback, I like your chances. But also, Nick Sirianni kind of came into this team with one or two holes. Right, you got to get Jalen Hurts playing well. Can we acquire a number one wide receiver? They went and got A.J. Brown. Cool. Great. Now just coach them. Now the answer is we're going to bring in a whole bunch of new pieces and you are not only going to have to coach them, you're going to have to pick the coaches that coach them because your coordinators are leaving. That's not easy. I Like, you, you we get lulled to sleep a, a bit by the franchises that are ridiculously healthy and well-run, right? Think of uh, the Roethlisberger Steelers, the Manning Colts, the Mahomes Chiefs, right? These these teams that are just, hey, every year you're going to win 12 games and you're going to be in the mix. Those teams don't come around very often. And and even like the Roethlisberger Steelers weren't winning 12 games. They were winning nine. Uh, but but it, they, they don't come around often and we don't, ever acknowledge how truly difficult it is to just be in the mix for a decade right we actually make fun of guys like philip rivers right i call it the philip rivers conundrum which is you're too good to move on from your quarterback but never good enough to get over the hump and win a super bowl just being there is really impressive just being a 10 win team plus for eight nine ten years is is wildly impressive and and the eagles to do that you have to shuffle people through, right? One of my one of my favorite uh, um, like points to acknowledge is somebody will say, "Well, like the Patriots dynasty had six Super Bowls," and I'll go, "There are two people that have six Super Bowls. It is Brady and Belichick, right?" It's not like they they like Richard Seymour and Ty Law and Troy Brown and the the first batch was different than the middle batch which was different from the end batch there are a whole bunch of guys walking around with one two three four super bowls actually i don't even think there's many with four one two three super bowls from the patriots dynasty there's not a whole bunch walking around with six you're gonna have to replace people as you go if you want to stay competitive at the top for a long time 
Just recently, uh, Julian Edelman, as everyone does, has a podcast now, and he had Peyton Manning on the podcast. And they were talking about how Peyton Manning got Wes Welker to leave the Patriots and go to the Broncos. And after they did the whole, like, well, I recruited him, and I was on the golf course, and I was calling him, and I was trying to get him, Edelman was like, by the way, thank you for that. Because when Welker left, that's why I exist. And it's like, oh, yeah. Welker wasn't even there for a Super Bowl. Randy Moss wasn't even there for a Super Bowl. The Patriots won a bunch of Super Bowls, cycled in all-time greats, cycled them out for new players, and then won more Super Bowls. So the Eagles are going to get to a Super Bowl, have to cycle in new coordinators, have to cycle in a bunch of new players, and see if they can't still be at the top of the league. That's not easy, and everyone's looking at Nick Sirianni to do it. And Howie Roseman, who's by all accounts a great GM. Identify the talent, pick the right leaders. Sounds easy. Not that much easy. That was great grammar. Not that much easy. Suddenly, I was trying to point out something with simple, and I started talking simply like Tarzan. Easy, no. Hard, yes. That much not easy, says Tarzan. Nick Sirianni, good luck. Because now the the bar is high. If you thought Philly loved you when you got to a Super Bowl, just wait till what Philly does when you stop getting to Super Bowls. Uh, Change a little quickly. They booed the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Remember that one. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Check us out on Twitter at Priority Auto Sports Radio 941. But it's also at ESPN Radio 941 still on Twitter. Uh, You can follow me at Donnelly Sports. That might be the easiest way. Uh, One of my favorite things about draft season, and we're in draft season now, is how the longer we look at someone, the more likely we are to find a flaw. Bryce Young, Alabama quarterback, is an interesting case because we all can see his flaw. It's right out there in the open. So what the heck are we going to do for the next two and a half months? Stick around. Sports talk with a side of movie quotes. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Pressure again. Young escapes for now. Still alive, flings it downfield, has Brooks wide open, and the tie take the lead, and that is patented Bryce Young magic. ESPN highlight there, Bryce Young, Alabama quarterback. I'm going to find joy. I'm going to laugh. It is going to be hilarious watching two and a half months of dissecting Bryce Young. Because we already know the good and the bad because it's obvious. His big flaw, ready? He's tiny. By quarterback standards, he's a smaller person. You can't hide that, right? There's, there was no play calling that Alabama could do, which would be like, well, let's make him look 6'4", which is what, what offenses try to do, right? If somebody doesn't have a strong arm, what do you do? You don't call the 18-yard down and out so no one knows he doesn't have a strong arm. It, it's, it's very simple what offenses try to do. They try to hide the flaws of their players, which is why, like, it's the whole trouble with the curve thing, right? It's like you draft a guy, and then you get him, and it's like, wait a second, he can't hit the curveball? How did we not know this? You draft a quarterback, and you're like, wait a second, he can't get to his third read? Oh, no. 
Well, they were hiding it the whole time he was in college. You can't hide the fact that he's going to be 5'10", 170 pounds. Like, that's just, you look at him and you go, whoa. I saw a picture of uh, Bryce Young and Mina Kimes. Mina Kimes is actually arguing that she is taller than she looks because people were using the the picture to say that Bryce Young is is very small. She's going, well, I'm wearing four-inch heels and I'm actually 5'7". It's like, uh... Really? Here's Dan Orlovsky, Mina Kimes, uh, I was going to say classmate, showmate on NFL Live, but he was joining the Rich Eisen show to talk about Bryce Young. I can tell you this right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've just started to study him. Mm-hmm. I know it's corny to say draft day, you know, Fonte Mack, no matter what, Bryce Young is so good. And I know he's not big. I know he's not. I saw him this weekend. Me too. He's not. He is so good, man. He's Steph Curry. He's Steph Curry, dude, and I get that it's going to shy teams away, and I understand that it's, I guess, scary. Hmm. He can flat out play. I, I feel so good about how good of a player he is. Turn on the Texas game and just watch him play, and tell me if anybody else coming out this year can do what he's doing. He's really good. I don't know if you could tell. Dan Orlovsky thinks he's a good quarterback. Randomly in the middle, he just said twice that he's Steph Curry. I don't even know what that means. He's Steph Curry. He's Steph Curry. That's just like you just want to you just want to praise somebody. He's Babe Ruth. He's Aaron Judge. It's what? Well, we're just naming other players. He's Michael Phelps. He's He's really good. But what's also true and we've known it, we've known Bryce Young's flaw from the moment he became like a recruit in the 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 24 247 recruit database, right? It was, well, he's a five-star quarterback, he's undersized. When he, when he came on, he took the final snaps of the national championship game when he was Mac Jones's backup, and they went, well, there you go. It's the passing of the torch. He's going to be the quarterback next year. He's a little undersized. There are some that believe he got down into the 160s at points in time during this year. Todd McShay, Keyshawn J. Will and Max, talks about just how svelte, <laughs> svelte, uh, that might be the actual fun thing to watch. Let's see how many different ways we can describe a skinny, smaller quarterback within the next two and a half months. Because saying undersized is going to get tiring. We're going to hit svelte. We're going to hit diminutive. We're going we're gonna to hit uh, not as stocky as Kyler, but about the same height. We're going to hit them all. Here's Todd McShay on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. I think it's Bryce Young. You're drafting a 5'10 and a half. Because I, I talked to a scout this summer who, who measured him, and he's – He's like five ten and three quarters, okay? And I sat with him before the Mississippi State game, and he said he's been working with the nutritionists and everyone in Alabama, and he's, he's gotten up to about 193 pounds at that time in October. My guess is he'll be around 200 pounds when, when we get to the combine, but that's, it's not an ideal size. But other than that, to me, he's a smaller version of, of Patrick Mahomes. Whoa, at the end there. Smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. Whoa. But 5'10 and a half, 190 pounds after working with a nutritionist and all the, the, I mean, I'm sure they're not hurting for resources at Alabama. What are people going to make up about this guy? If, if like, if you had to, to, if you as a player had to wear your pros and cons, like on your shirt at the combine, you had to say like, uh, processes kind of slowly, elite arm, uh, you know, fast 40 time, uh, played in a non, non-pro non style offense. If you had to wear all of that on your shirt, what would everyone talk about? 
You'd be like, we already know the good and the bad. That's kind of what Bryce Young has. His decision-making is great. His athleticism is great. His arm strength is more than good enough. He's played in big games. He played in a tough college conference, but he's small and slender. And we can see that because we can see that. Because he exists in the world in which we can look at him. Like, and and the, the funniest part about it all is there's going to be, like, strategy for this i don't know who his agent is i guarantee you right now his agent is saying well we can only send him to to television interviews with hosts that are six foot and shorter because we don't want him to go to dan patrick and have dan patrick stand up and he's six four and he towers over bryce young and that becomes a story or we're gonna have to call dan ahead of time and say you know when when you you lower your your chair like i'm gonna see if you can hear this I don't know if you could hear that. I just lowered my chair like it's a like it's a jack. I'm gonna pop it back up now. There we go. Uh, I, I doubt you could could have heard that, but you know the the you have the little lever on the side of your desk chair and, and you go down. It's like Dan's got it. He's got to put it all the way down if he's gonna interview Bryce. Like that kind of stuff. It's so dumb, but it matters. So dumb, but it matters. Right now, they're thinking of what meal could he eat the night before the combine before he steps on that scale that would make him 197 rather than 194. And could we hide some kind of weights in his shoes or something to make it a little bit higher, even though they, they you know, make you strip down to your skivvies to get on the, uh, the old, the old uh, scale. Like, I, I honestly feel like, and, and Robbie, you can be our little watchdog here. If at any point in time I start finding new ways to evaluate uh Bryce Young just jump in and say Tim we know this like I, I want you to 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 be our our guardrails here because I think in the last 10 minutes we have the full story on Bryce Young unbelievably talented great decision maker shown it in big games shown playing through injury shown toughness shown everything you're looking for except he's going to be five ten and a half and 190 pounds and that 190 isn't going to be what he naturally carries he's gonna to have to work to keep it on there you go that's the full story two and a half months are we going to be able to leave it that simply? We can talk about which teams want him. We can talk about if you would want him based on uh, you know, how much you value physical size and physical uh, kind of girth when it comes to your quarterbacks. We can talk about how you should react to it, but what he is is what he is. C.J. Stroud's a little different, right? Started running a bit more late in his career. You want to see if that translates. You can dive into the film. You can look at comps. That's a conversation to have. Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, lottery tickets. You have to do a lot of studying to see if their their flaws are ones that can be coached out of them. Bryce Young, we know what he is. We know what he is. He's really good and small. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Uh, the, the, today is, is I mean, or tomorrow really, should be a holiday called Tiger is Back Day. Tiger Woods is playing competitive golf tomorrow in the Genesis. Stick around. Coaches make decisions. Players make plays. He makes it make sense. It's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tiger Woods is playing competitive golf tomorrow. 
End of story. I mean, that that's all that's all that we need to say, right? Who knows how many more of these we're gonna have? Uh it's it's the same thing I say with Brady, it's the same thing I say with LeBron, it's the same thing I say with a certain level of athlete. You better appreciate greatness. Thirty years from now, when someone asks, Hey, did you see so and so? You don't want to say, No, I was hating. Why? Because I was. You want to be able to say, yeah, actually made a little bit of time, watched him as much as I could, uh, got to truly witness greatness in its in its highest athletic form. Now, his body might not be what it once was. Like, let's get that out of the way. He's banged up and bruised and battered, and he's, he's dealt with some things. But his brain is still firing on all cylinders. Uh, he had his, his press conference yesterday. Leading up to the event, every PGA Tour player has to be made available to the media. Um, usually the Wednesday before the tournament. Sometimes it's Tuesday with Tiger. It's whenever he wants. Um, will Tiger win his first tourney that he plays this season and his first tourney in three, four years? Probably not. Will he even make the cut? Odds, Vegas says no. You get getting plus 350 for him to make the cut. So they're, they're pretty against him seeing the weekend. Is he only choosing to make his return at this tournament because he is the host and it benefits his charity? Probably. Probably. Is there a, a big hill you have to walk up on 18 that makes no sense for somebody that is having a hard time testing his stamina? Absolutely. But I'm asking you a favor, everybody, right now. Don't tell him any of this. Because his brain is still Tiger's brain. Here he is during part of his pre-tournament press conference. You know, I would not have put myself out here if I didn't think I could beat these guys and, and win the event. That's my mentality. And if I wasn't ready to win at this level, I you know I am very rusty, but I've come off rusty situations before and I've done well and uh, I've had to utilize a lot of those tactics in practice and, and build up. And plus also, I know this, this golf course. Uh, I know I haven't had a lot of success on this golf course, but I, I knew what to practice for. Uh, shots to hit um, was at home getting ready he basically told the media and it was a long press conference he basically told the media he can't even wrap his head around playing in a tournament that he doesn't believe he can win that he doesn't think he will win which is kind of hilarious because i don't think he's played in a tournament that he could win in in a while but but that's kind of my point right because they were asking him you know arnold played in 40 masters or whatever it is and he was like i'm not doing that He's like, there's no way I'm going to play in a tournament. I'm going to make a start. I'm going to take a position if I don't think I'm going to win that tournament. Which some took as like, oh, he's going to retire early. Some took as, oh, he he understands there's not much left here. I took it differently. I took it as he's going to play forever. Because his brain isn't like the rest of our brains. His brain will always think he can win. He's like, I won't tee it up unless I think I can beat all these young guys. He is going to be 80 years old, limping around with a bad ankle from the crash, a bad knee from all the surgeries, a bad back from the fusion. He's going to be going up against 24-year-olds that hit at 400 yards with the latest technology, and he's in his brain going to go, well, of course I'm playing, and I'm only going to play because I think I can win. And everybody's going to be going, no, Tiger, no, I mean, you haven't even, you haven't broken 80 in six years, and he's going to be going, yeah, well, I knew this course well. I'm going to be practicing a lot. He's just, he's, he's different. And, and that's really the only thing I can say about these guys, right? Like Michael Jordan was different. Tom Brady was different. 
We, we could sit around and try to say, what would we do if we were in their situation? But it's a, it's a fruitless exercise. Why? Because we would never be in their position because they're different. I'm, I'm going to stop playing when I no longer think I can win. Uh, like eight months ago? Like, what, like, you've played since then. He'll be paired with Rory and Justin Thomas, too. Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas. That gallery is going to be bonanzas. And they put Spieth and a few other big names right behind him. That's pure and 100% crowd control. Because they think that maybe if you throw more big names right behind them in the next group, that when Tiger takes a shot, everybody won't run full speed ahead because they'll go, we could still stay here and see Spieth. They're a late tea time. Makes no sense. Tiger is a guy that needs all the kinds of kind of uh, recovery time that he could possibly have. So on Thursday, he should tee off early, which would mean on Friday, he would tee off late, which would give him Thursday afternoon, Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday early afternoon until he plays again. Instead, he's playing late early, which means there's no recovery time. He might as well just play 36. With all that said, I mean, you got to... You got to gamble a little bit on him to make the cut at least, right? You got you got you got to throw a little something. You don't want to be the one that's not rooting for him if he's on the number coming down 17 on on Friday. Matter of fact, if you're somebody that's going to be rooting against Tiger, like block my number now. I don't know if we I don't know if we're we're going to be friends anymore. I talk about fun coupons in, in gambling, right? Just you bet on like Steph Curry over and made threes. Just so when he pulls up from half court, you're like, yay! Like you're getting excited just to make it a little bit more fun for you. The ultimate fun coupon is betting on Tiger Woods to play well. Now you might you might lose that money. I'm not I'm, He hasn't played in 214 days and he's only played in majors in the last two years and one of them he withdrew. So I'm I'm not I'm not sitting here saying like hey, you know, expect to get that money back, but I am saying if the world is cheering for him and you're not, you're going to feel mighty outside. Can he spin the ball? Oh, he can spin it. I don't know. I don't know if he can get the torque he used to have, but he can spin it. Oh, he can spin it. Just imagine, like if he's even in the mix, you won't see me on Sunday. Got a got a one year old at home. I'm gonna sit him down on the You're couch. Right, we will not see you on Sunday. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit him down on the couch and say you need to understand what we're watching here. All those all those old clips that we've already watched when it's nap time and we're trying to calm down and we've been watching like the O2 uh, Masters. This is live. We're gonna watch this one. That's how I pass things along to my kid. So so Tim, we we know your affinity for Tiger Woods. Yes, I'm a hypocrite for Tiger. I've Pe- said it before. People, we know how how big of a fan. If, if Tiger, if, if there was some golf tournament in the middle of the Super Bowl and Tiger's in the lead on Super Bowl Sunday, you watching Tiger or are you watching the Super Bowl? That, that's an easy answer, and it's not, I don't have to choose. It's a two screen day. Okay, you can only have one screen. I, I, I'm sorry I didn't mention that. One screen is allowed. Then it's a flip back and forth. There's, there's a lot of dead time in both. I'm not, I'm not missing either. I mean, it's the Super Bowl. I'm like, I played football. I'm like I'm, I am a football guy and a Tiger guy, probably equally. He'd have to be in the mix, and I'm I'm catching both. That's fair. It, it would be a, it would be a Super Bowl that I don't like. The commercials aren't good anyway. Uh, and and sorry, Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart. I'm not catching any of the 
the explanations between plays. I'm I'm flipping that actively back and forth. But yeah, Tiger's playing tomorrow. We're not gonna like I genuinely don't know how many of these we're gonna get left. Uh, we're gonna have so. If you want to say you watched, you're going to have to do it now. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Get your texts in now to the Dream Lawns text line, 757-687-9494. Because when we come back, we're going to read your text and we're going to ask, does that do anything for you? All day, you've been texting the Tim Donnelly Show at 757-687-9494. Now it's time to read those texts and ask, does that do anything for you? On Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. That's right. Does that do anything for you? Brought to you by Newport News Shipbuilding, a division of HII. Tim, we kicked off the show talking about Twitter beefs. Juju Smith-Schuster retweeted in NFL memes, I guess, a, a photo of a Valentine that, that he was He was making in. fun of James Bradbury yeah, for getting called for the hold. For the 757, we had a lot of negative comments about that tweet. He should have, shouldn't have Bunch done it. Bunch of softies. From the 757, the comments by some of the Eagles were petty, but you can't say the Eagles as a whole are so, sore losers. Just a few of them. As an Eagles fan, I love the post by Juju. Ooh, I like I like that little twist at the end. Um, no, it wasn't obviously every Eagle. It was just your highest paid offensive player and your entire defensive backfield. Uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, I think everyone kind of kind of took it well. Um, no, but it wasn't every Eagles. To be serious, it wasn't every Eagles player, and I would never imply it was like the entire Eagles team. It was A.J. Brown. It was uh, Gardner Johnson. It was James Bradbury. It was uh, Darius Slay. And it was a couple players from other teams too, right? Micah Parsons jumped in. So uh, it was it was an overwhelming amount, but it was not the entire team. I will give you that. Tim for the 757. I don't know where you're from, but where I'm from, win or lose, if someone clowns me, I do my best to respond with whatever ammo I have. Yeah, whatever ammo you have. How about how about you you do this? You focus on uh you focus on not doing whatever you did to get clowned for. Right? If if you lost the game, you lost the game. There's got to be some honor in losing. You got to you like in a true competitor's standpoint, how weird would it be if you're hanging out with your buddies? I don't care what you're doing. Playing ping pong, video games, you're a beer pong, you're playing basketball, you're, you're pick up flag football, touch football, you're playing anything and your buddy wins and then everybody just goes, hmm, we are now done. We shall return uh, to, to the home to consume beverages. It's like, no, when you win, the winners are going to talk trash. That's, that's how it goes. The losers are going to be upset. And you're going to be like, darn, we shouldn't have lost. Let's play again. Let's run it back. That's how I That's how I handle things. Let's run it back. Tim from Cowboy Dave in the 757. We were just talking about Bryce Young and, and his size. Why are you trashing Bryce Young like that with uh, the subliminal size jokes, bruh? Well, first that's, of all. That's somebody's child. First of all, there was no, nothing subliminal. I, I was not dancing around the subject and trying that to hint. That is very true. I... I I believe I called him slender, svelte, diminutive, short. When you sign up to be an NFL quarterback, you're signing up for critiques of your physical abilities and your play. I don't think I crossed any lines there. If I critiqued him as a person, the way he, I don't know, spoke or his personality or something going on in his family, that's crossing a line. But when you sign up to play in the NFL, like your height becomes 
can you see over the line of scrimmage becomes a question that needs to be answered. And and I I love the, the you know I I believe it was that same texter throughout like Drew Brees and Doug Flutie are Correct. short. Yep. Okay, let's let's name all the short quarterbacks that worked and then named all the short quarterbacks that didn't. Let's see what there's more of. Like it's a legitimate question. And I'm sure Drew Brees and Doug Flutie had all those same questions that you're asking now. And if you think he's he can overcome it, like and by the way, Doug Flutie had to go up to Canada and win three Grey Cups before he even got a chance. And he was a Heisman Trophy winner. Um, yeah, if you think he can overcome it like Drew Brees, draft him, right? Pick him in your fantasy team because he's going to be awesome. Uh, meanwhile, I'll take the 6'4 laser rocket arm guys. How about that? Um, but I also want to say this. Like, I also said... Pretty much everything about his game other than that is awesome. I said his anticipation is great. His athleticism is awesome. He's played well in big games. He played in a tough conference. He, he's done everything you expect. It's just he's smaller. I, I if you, Let's be glass half full here and say I complimented just about everything about his game. Just about everything about his game I said was awesome. So I think I was pretty complimentary of, of Mr. Young. Tim, Lee in Warsaw has a, a pretty important question to ask you. Will the Commanders win more than eight games next year? He's trying to decide whether or not to buy season tickets. He needs your help, Tim. Way too early to be asking that question. I don't. We don't even know who their offensive coordinator is going to be. We're not really 100% sure who their quarterback is going to be. We're, we're close. We're, we're above 50% on quarterback. We're, I mean, I wouldn't even say we're above 50% on offensive coordinator. We are. I mean, there's a lot. Are they going to pick up Chase Young's deal option? I guess he's playing on the team regardless next year, but trades, free agency, eight games is a lot of games. I'm I'm gonna withstand. I can't be making I, I can't make picks this early in the offseason. I apologize. Uh if you're gonna pick up the 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 season tickets, do so because you like game day atmospheres and you just like having a football game to go to on Sundays. That's all I can say. From David in the 757 talking about Derek Carr. He believes that the Carolina Panthers would be the best fit. And it's an easy division to win. That that division, I do think, if, if you get a legit quarterback and nobody else makes a big move, you're set up nicely. I will say this, though. Some rumblings. Lamar to Atlanta is picking up a little bit of steam. Just rumblings, right? Just rumors at this point in time. But if, if like, Carolina goes against Derek Carr and then Atlanta picks up Lamar, it's a big, like, you had to one-up us, didn't you? Then maybe you're, you're not as confident that you are going to go ahead and uh, dominate that division and one last one for you i just want to give a shout out to emma she's a first time listener and texters and hey, she just wanted to, to compliment us on a great show today welcome to the show emma hopefully you'll hang around uh this is hilarious i'm, I'm watching this on social media right now uh obviously the chiefs parade is going on patrick mahomes at a certain point had to stop whatever car he was in and run to a porta potty when he came out he got a he got a rounding a round of applause. He walked out of the porta potty and everybody cheered and clapped. That's kind of weird, right? Way to go! Great accuracy. Uh, okay. I mean, what, what else are you cheering for? Uh, Patrick Mahomes, today's Top Shot. If you want to be a Top Shot, check out Freedom Shooting Center, the premier shooting range and gun store in Hampton Roads. Thank you to Robbie for keeping us up and running. Thank you to everybody that called and texted in, including 
Dr. Wood Selig, ODU Athletic Director. If you missed that conversation, it's going to come up again for you in about 20 minutes uh, on the 757 at 6, which is up next. Most importantly, thank you to Larry King Law for presenting the show. If you're ever injured in an accident, give him a call. 757-INJ-U-R-E-D. 757 at 6 coming up next. Stick around.